Okay. okay. Hello, listener. Um, welcome to our brand new podcast that you may or may not have heard of in any way. Probably it, haven't heard pro- of it. Probably all, haven't. It's the first one. Uh, I know. It's like um, it's not like we've done a big media media thing beforehand. It's not like we've uh, released a trailer that everyone gets angry at and then done loads of recuts and uh, you know. Oh, so, that, that's so foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, I know, right? So my name's Robin. My name is Pat. <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> um, we both like films and games and in this podcast what we intend to do is talk about one shared piece of media that we've both watched throughout the week and then do um, a roundup of things we've played, things we've seen, things we've seen in the news regarding to games and film media and talk about them, give our first impressions on these things. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I mean, uh, as the name of the podcast suggests, I do not like going outside at all. I like to sit in, playing uh, playing video games, watching movies, TV. <laughs> My Netflix account is dry at the moment. I think, I think I've watched it all. Oh, you've done you've done Netflix. I watched it all. Uh, Netflix. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of shit on there. There but is. Actually, uh, one thing that's not so shit. That I watched. Should we just get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go. I watched Stranger Things. Stranger Things. In the space of two days. Oh God, Stranger Things. Right. I've heard a lot about this. Yeah. Um, a lot of good things. It seems to be. Uh, People on Reddit seem to really love it. I've seen a lot of comments saying watch Stranger Things. I mean, people are going crazy for it. Just uh, as uh, to to go out here, I've not seen any of this or read. Oh no, I won't get into spoiler. No, no, you can spoil. You can spoil me. Okay, um, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to watch it anyway. Oh no, um, no, it really doesn't look like my cup of tea. Oh, but fair enough. Please, please go on. Talk to me. Uh, it's a very good show. Um, I think uh, there was a lot of hype around it. Um, I. I think if I had gone in not knowing anything about it, if it had just popped up on my Netflix and I just had to watch it, I would have had a lot more uh, excitement for it. It's not one of those. It's one of those shows that I sort of watch just as I'm doing something else. I just had I had a window on the side of Stranger Things going. I had a window on the other side. I was playing Hearthstone or Prison Architect, just doing my thing. It was some, my some moving wallpaper. Yeah, it was my between uh, shifts, uh, between shifts show. Uh, but it's a very good between shifts show. Well, paint a word picture. What's it? What's it about? Okay, so it's set in a small town, I think Indiana somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very reminiscent of uh, those old Spielberg eighties uh, movies, where it's a bunch of kids get caught up in a crazy adventure, uh, like Goonies or like Stand by Me. All right. It's very stylistic. It's quite scary. Uh, Winona Ryder's in it. I've not seen her in ages. Yeah. It's like, well, no, no, Ryder, what are you doing? Beetlejuice here? is like. Beetlejuice is a long time. Edward Scissorhands yeah. as well. Is that her? Yeah. I don't, can't remember the last film she was in, uh, apart from those Tim Burton ones in the 90s. But, uh, no, it was good. It's enjoyable. Very sci fi. It goes a bit, um, I don't know. It's sort of like sci fi fantasy. There's a whole sort of Dungeons and Dragons sort of, uh, theme going through because the main the main boys are in it they like to play D&D and they're like oh this is very much like this monster we thought let's solve it like we do in Dungeons and Dragons and like oh okay let's do that then <laughs> um, uh, so there's three I guess not three stories going on there's a one story but three groups of characters all trying to solve their own problems there's the police chief whose you know daughter died he's like an alcoholic that sort of classic I'm just a depressed police officer. And I just do my job, and I'm bored. I'm in a small town. Oh God, I'm 
I'm only two weeks from retirement. Yeah, Jeez, totally, totally just... that archetype. Of, uh, I know, I know this guy. Yeah, it was like, "You all right, Chief?" He's like, "I'm fine. I've been up smoking and drinking all night." There's and not enough there's... whiskey in the world to make me fine, son. Yeah, and then there's the uh, the teenage girl who's trying to impress the you know the popular boy in school, the jock. And she's like, oh, God, i got to get the right... i got to hope, make sure Jimmy... I don't remember his name. I don't... Actually, that's another point. Uh, I don't remember any of the characters' names. I find in uh, TV shows... I feel I, their archetypes are far more important than their yes. names. Yes. She's the uh, nerd girl who wants to be popular. Right. And then there's the shady kid who nobody likes. It's and very, all of these all of these stereotypes are done deliberately, I'm assuming. Yeah, because it's like an homage, right. if you will. I mean, you probably will, because that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> it's an homage to every 80s film you've probably ever seen hmm. um, yeah it's very good though it's interesting it's definitely different to what I've seen but not, not the best show I've seen in a while I don't think I'll watch it again like Daredevil the other the other Netflix original series are we going to talk about Daredevil now? no no I'm just comparing it to other TV shows that I kind of just binge watch uh, Daredevil uh, was really good Game of Thrones you know I can keep watching them but this is one that I'll just you know I've watched it and I'm like, kind of done with it you know what I mean? My my recent Netflix realization has been Bob Ross. Bob Ross, the Bob, painter guy. The, the painter guy. Is he on Netflix? Yeah, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It's, it, all of it. It's all on Netflix. <laughs> okay. And it's amazing. It's, yeah. It's just like I don't know if you've we've had brief discussions off air, obviously, about ASMR before. Oh, yes, yes. And it's like, Bob Ross is just like, one-way ticket to happy ASMR sleep times. Just that brain massage. Yeah. Because yeah. he does stuff like scrapes paint off the canvas oh. and stuff. Also, it's really amazing. Uh-huh. It's like, you look away for two seconds, you look back, and then he's made a, a painting. Yeah, it's I've heard really he's very incredible. good. Yeah. But I can't really talk about plot or anything with Bob Ross. It's just really nice oh. for your brain. Does anyone get kidnapped or is there a, you know... Like a, a, a jewel heist. I would like to think that's what, like, because he's so calm in his show. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that's what he's like in real life. Okay. So um, he has to, he has he was, to get all When his... he was still alive. Alright. Yeah. Um, oh, of course he's dead now. Yeah, yeah. he's dead now. Um, yeah, no, in art college, there was a couple of people who were like, oh man, you got to watch Bob Ross. He's, he's the best. And I figured, you know, it's not really for me. <laughs> I, you know just, <laughs> he's not for me you know it's that kind of thing it was sort of like the stoner kids being like oh I just gotta hang out and watch Bob Ross yeah man he's so crazy he does he does all these little catchphrases you know he does happy little trees uh, happy accidents you gotta beat the devil at it says that all the time <laughs> beat the devil at it yeah yeah when he's really? cleaning his brush wow that's and quite it, intense it's, it's not when he says it okay um but yeah, I, and I can understand why uh, stoner type people would be into it. I like a bit of ASMR myself. I you know I've, I've, I dabble. <laughs> you can uh, go on um, on YouTube. You can find the entire soundtrack to Red Dead Redemption, but it's the uh, ambient uh, open world soundtrack. Yeah, where there's stuff that you can't you can't buy it on record. Some player oh. has literally just gone out into the open world and sat John Marston on a rock and just watched the day go by, and it's just crickets chirping, horses go by. Every like twenty minutes, there'll be like a guitar strain. It's uh, it's great. Yeah, that's super yeah. cool, man. I fall asleep to that quite a lot. Um, there is a brilliant soundtrack that actually sounds very similar to this, mm-hmm. and uh, shockingly, I can't remember the name of the game. It's something like a uh, 
2140 to the moon or something. 2140 to the moon. Um, I will add a link to this in the show notes. But um, the soundtrack to that is just brilliant. Just really, really slow ambient synth. Okay. Just absolutely brilliant. Oh, if actually, if you like that kind of music, the soundtrack to Stranger Things is very, very good. Yeah. Probably the best part of it. I think that's maybe what got everyone so crazy. It was very synthy. Reminiscent of like you know old like eighties like sci fi all the kind of stuff again off air we've been talking about uh, bands that do a lot of stuff. Um, uh, are these the bands you were saying like uh, 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 what's it gunship. gunship? Gunship. I was going to say like Apache Death Helicopter. They've got all the ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, names. yeah. Uh, Com Trues is another <laughs> one. Uh, Miami Nights nineteen eighty nine. All that very synthy stuff. Uh, the soundtrack is great, um, and you know. Uh, yeah, I'm back talking to about the show now. It's yeah, it's a good. It's a, you know, I'd recommend it if you haven't seen. It, if you're looking for something new to watch, just give it a look. If you're not sold by episode one, then fair enough. But it's uh, it's got some creepy kids in it. It's got drunk cops, creep kids and drunk drunk cops. Yeah, and a and a weird monster. It's cool. Um, but I know I can see why Reddit and the internet loves it because it's full of, uh, you know, what they love memes waiting to be born. Mm. Pre memes. Pre-memes. Prim, prim, prims? Well, no, no, Ryder's good, though. It's good to see you're, uh... It's good to see you're back. <laughs> it's good to see you. I'm <laughs> happy. I'm happy for you, Winona Ryder. Uh, I hope you get a second season of Stranger Things. Um, Thanks, Winona. Yeah. Uh, but while I was doing that, I was just been playing a lot of Prison Architect, a lot of Hearthstone. I wanted to play some Darkest Dungeon, but uh, that takes up too much of my concentration. Darkest Dungeon, you can't... That is not a relaxing game. No. Like, Darkest Dungeon is stressful. Although, why one of the things I found very interesting about Darkest Dungeon is how stressful it is completely depends on how you view the game. Yeah. Like, you can completely change your mindset about how Darkest Dungeon works just by changing the way you think about it. So when I first started playing Darkest Dungeon, mm-hmm. I was so stressed out. Mm-hmm. I was, like, trying to keep my guys alive, um, really worrying about their welfare... And then you slowly make this shift in your brain like, oh, right. There's only one free thing in this game. There's only one free commodity. And that's the heroes you play with. Yeah. Everything else costs. Everything else costs. The heroes don't. So they're literally your only expendable commodity. So when you stop looking at them as characters and you start viewing them as just an expendable commodity, it becomes way less stressful. Yeah, that's I kind of found that recently. Replaying it again. Because I just booted it up again recently. That's why I've been you know, wanting to play it more. Because mm-hmm. it's one of those games I'll play for, I'll play for like a week and then stop for ages and then I'll go back to it, start a new, um, start a new game. I should probably explain for anyone who doesn't know, Darkest Dungeon is like a, sort of like an adventure, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, dungeon crawling game based on, you know, like all, you know, Lovecraft and you yeah. know, horror stories. And I would it's, say, <sighs> it's a difficult one to explain. Every time I try yeah. and talk about it, it's, uh, a tactical turn-based RPG of sorts yeah. with uh, roguelite elements yeah. and base building elements. Kind of base building. I mean, you don't build the base. Well, the way I think about it is it's like a lot of the aspects of traditional games have been subverted. Like mm. your character is technically, when you think about it, your character is your town, your base, uh, if you've not played yes, it. Yeah. That's the, your actual character. Mm. Um, and and the characters traditionally that you play with aren't 
characters they're a commodity so it's kind of like yeah yeah it's like a weird shift on everything but like i think the best way to think about it is like a tactical turn-based base building rpg like uh-huh. it's got elements of all that stuff yeah it's got a lot of just little bits and pieces that are like yeah turn-based fighting uh weird scary monsters oh well the lovecraftian stuff obviously yeah it's really cool um what else? It's got uh, an amazing, amazing narration. I would say, oh yeah, second best narration behind Bastion. Oh no, I I, I disagree. Oh, I say this is better than Bastion. Oh well, you're wrong. Um, no, no, no. I think let's I let's let's not have a fight <laughs> on the first podcast. Okay, I'm just disagreeing with you. I think Bastion is well, respectfully, you're incorrect. It gets old. <laughs> just, uh, I just every time I boot up Darkest Dungeon, I'm like, I want to hear, I want to hear Wayne June. What growling at me gratuitous size is not an advantage unless not an insanguination the ground <laughs> quakes and it's just, just everything yeah and there's trails oh, it's it's so so good i think that's what adds a lot to to the game it adds it's, a lot of like just value well i think, I think. to the characters that you said are expendable mm. you're like oh these guys are doing really well uh there's a lot of um i mean for me like there's a singular a, strike. Singular strike. Uh, there's a there's a challenge to get the first two characters that you get at the very start of the game. Dismas and uh, Dimas and Renault. Yeah, that's the one. The knight and the highway. Renault, the kleptomaniac crusader. Oh yeah, yeah, the klepto crusader. Absolute douchebag on a thieving crusade around the dungeons. Um, oh, you can cure that though. I know you can. You can you can put him in in the insanatorium, <laughs> whatever you call it. <laughs> the sanatorium. The sanatorium and uh, get rid of his kleptomania. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, there's a challenge to get them to the very end of the game, which I'm I'm, I'm trying to do just to get a bit of an extra spin on it. Because mm. um, if those two can survive, I'll be like, ah, oh, cool. I mean, you can complete the game now, apparently. Yeah, you I've can. not I've not really played that far. They unlocked. There is the, an end. Yeah, they unlocked the actual manor. Uh, that is supposed to be destroyed. The most of the game is, uh, you know, you go through some ruins, you go through like a haunted wood. There's like a scary like cove with like fish people, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. So the actual manor sits on top of a hill, just like menacingly, the whole. So, game. so you've not got to that yet. Not yet, no. Because I've started a new game since I stopped playing for like maybe four months, mm-hmm. and in that time, like so many new things got added. Yeah, I actually. I- yeah, the new stuff. They added town events, which is the oh. main thing. And it just adds a lot more variability to the game, which is kind of what it's like. It's like dice. I like to think the game is just dice throws on dice throws on dice throws. Yeah, I think that's what also it, appeals to me. Yeah, it makes it really good. Yeah, my role playing soul really <laughs> likes it. My role playing soul. It makes the D twenty in my heart roll around with joy. <laughs> well, there's a title. Yeah, but I can't really spend much time on get on games like that. You know, games that require a lot of time because uh, I've been working so much. Mm. It's the Edinburgh Festival here. I think we're both uh, we're both very committed to, <laughs> to to work at the moment. So I'm up till three in the morning every day. Yeah. Uh, I come home. I don't get to sleep till five, and uh, I get up with about two hours till I have to go out to work again. So I, I just do a couple of uh, you know watch an episode of Stranger Things. <laughs> Uh, lose a few games of Hearthstone and uh, you know do it all over again the next day so it's been very much just slices of media for you yeah yeah which is why this is my first day off for about seven days so I'm pretty happy went to the cinema on my own yeah uh, to see a film which we're going to talk about later (laughs) Um, the cinema was empty Uh, was it Tuesday 
Yeah. It's three o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. No one goes to the cinema apparently. I know, man. That's I was right in the center. This uh, I I have one of the uh, like monthly cinema cards, like the unlimited cinema cinema oh, yeah. card things. One of my favorite things to do is go to the cinema on a weekday mm. at like eleven in the day because it's just me and yeah. it's amazing. It's pretty good. It's just. I good. think I'm gonna have to do it again. Do it, man. It's like it's genuinely incredible. Also, I mean. I don't want to contravene any cinema rules, but like, take booze. Oh, one well, of, I was thinking about it. Do it, man. One of the best experiences of my entire life. Um, well, this makes my life sound sad, <laughs> but it was quite good. Um, when I went to see Pacific Rim. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I went to see Pacific Rim at like, at like one, or, one or two in the day. And I took in like a quarter bottle of rum mm. and just poured it into my massive cup of cola I just got drunk out my ass watching Pacific Rim, and it was amazing. Yeah, I think I would have enjoyed Pacific Rim more if I was if I was very drunk. I think. Uh, see, I've never rewatched it to this day because I don't want to know. Nah, don't ruin it. Because um, it was pretty magical when I watched it. See, yeah. being drunk and watching robots punch monsters and Idris Elba be a badass. Idr- yeah, he's in everything these days. Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah. It's just like literally every like every other movie like he's on the he's on the poster I don't think I, a day goes by where I don't talk about the man to be honest <laughs> uh, I suppose uh, to refer to your other podcast he is, is in your opinion the best yeah the best man I, I actually yeah Idris Elba Corner is a big thing in the, yeah. the in, my, in my other work <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, he's uh, what was he in that was really bizarre Jungle Book I didn't see Jungle Book but he's in that he is in he there. play the tiger the, uh, yes, he plays Shokan, yeah. Uh, he played uh, the the big uh, the big buffalo in Zootopia. Um, Zootropolis. Zootropolis. He's in it. Oh, actually, yes. This is something we can talk about because I watched this in the last week. Star Trek. He's oh, in the Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, he's in Star Trek. He's the baddie in Star Trek. Um, have you seen this yet? Yeah, I saw it. Oh, cool. We can discuss that. Let's talk about it. Um, I thought it was decidedly average. However, okay. I don't think that's necessarily a fault. No. I, I mean, thought, this is your opinion of a lot of films these days. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I know, like, this is, this is the thing. In, in this day and age of, of intense polarization, uh-huh. where it's like, it has to be amazing or it has to be total shit. Okay. I yeah. think, there, I think there is a, there's room for films that can just be financially successful and quite okay. Yeah, they're just enjoyable um, little robs. What I think Star Trek was was a throwback to the original serialized Star Trek. Yeah, I got when that. You think about it, it was impression. like it was completely contained. Mm-hmm. Nothing really that, that will affect the plot either way for future films. For future films yeah. happened. It's completely contained. So it's like it's almost like they're start trying to start off a serialized film. Mm. So well, you can just I mean, chunk out Star Trek films and it's it's fine. Well, at the very beginning of the film like Kirk is like every day on here seems to be episodic. Yeah, that was fun. And I was like, that was good ah, there you go, that's good pretty gag. good. Um, no, I know, I quite enjoyed it. I didn't see um, Wrath of Khan 2. Khan! Uh, I didn't, I, so I only saw the first new Star Trek film, the Abrams one. Yeah. I really liked it. In the darkness, I, I just missed. Yeah. It was good, it, it was good. The, what, the Wrath of Cumberbatch. Yeah. It was, you know what, I, I thought it was really great, but I, um, a big fan of Cumberbatch. I would just. Like, I mean, Cumberbatch is, is pretty good. Much like Idris Elba and anything. He's a. Uh... It's true. Now, have they ever been in the same film? Oh, they must have been. 
To be continued. Okay, that well, must I'll look at that. Must have and we can watch that film and we can talk about it. Definitely. Um, imagine it was Maybe crap. on TV at imagine some point. it was crap. Well, I mean, yeah. you never know. I mean, <laughs> two good things don't necessarily make True. a great thing. Ice cream uh, pizza. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really liked it and I really liked... I know it was cliche and it got widely panned, but the scene where they just blast out the Beastie Boys and kill a bunch of robots. Oh, man. That that's was, cool. Like, I think in any other context... Like something in the back of my mind was thinking, this is lame as hell, but I was sort of I was excited. Yeah, I loved it. They couldn't have picked. It was a nice callback to the first film, where you know he's a boy listening to that in the car. Yeah, and uh, and just the way oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, totally. remember that? Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, yeah, because you've got a film in between. This is for me. This is just Star Trek, and now yeah, Star Trek uh, again. Star I don't Trek, the, the next one. What's the title of this one? Uh, Beyond. Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond. Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Lots of good action pieces. Um, I thought the, there's lots of little just touches that I thought were really nice. I've never been a big Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. Um, although I recently discovered The Next Generation is on Netflix and that's one corner of Netflix I haven't touched yet. So Next Generation. One of my favourites. Yeah. I'll watch Next Generation and I'll have a full report <laughs> for the next podcast. It's good. Me. Uh, I mean... I used to watch it when I was younger, uh, after The Simpsons. I'd be like, Simpsons is over, but I'll just, yeah, just keep watching. Better get some Jean-Luc Picard in my life. Yeah, I know. I was a bit, I think, I, was I too young for it? I wasn't too young for it, but I was just like, you know, I was just coming off that Simpsons high, you know, every day after school. That's you know, like, ah, oh, The Simpsons has been on back when The Simpsons was good. Um, oh. Yeah. Boo, boo, boo. Yeah, Shots sorry. fired. Well, you know, it's not a shot fired, it's just a... It's just something I've just left there to, to ferment for a little while. <laughs> um, I would recommend getting back into Star Trek uh, Next Generation now. Yeah, I'll give it. It's good. It, like, and it's like. some like good stuff in it, man. It's some good like yeah. political commentary. Shit. Right. I saw another film that we're going to need to talk about. Okay. And the internet's been largely inflammatory about. What's that one? I'm going to give you one guess. A f- internet? F- oh, you didn't go and see Ghostbusters, did you? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, no. Why did you go and see Ghostbusters, Robin? Uh, I went to see Ghostbusters because any, for me, mm-hmm. anything that garners, what was it, like over a thousand reviews before it's been released, oh. tells me something, this is something I need to watch. <laughs> okay. Right. Same with the Warcraft film. Exactly the well, same I deal. mean, the Warcraft film was, was because incredible. See, when there's an, an amount of, like, when there's that amount of misgivings about this thing before it's been released yeah. I feel it's it's part of my duty as someone who likes the medium of cinema to go and give see what's going on yeah give uh-huh. it a chance okay. see what's going on um, now what did I think about it yeah go on um, not as bad as it could have been not as bad as the trailer led me to believe it would be okay because um, yeah, the trailer is not good. The trailer's garbage. Yeah, like, I don't like the. It, do, it doesn't make me want to watch the film. Did you see the recut of the trailer? No, someone. I heard someone recut it. A guy it. recut the trailer and it makes it look amazing. Genuinely, okay. makes it look so brilliant. Does the film live up to that recut of the trailer? It's not as good as that. Ah, oh. but I would say it's does not deserve most of the criticism that's, that's been thrown at it. Okay. It's like there's genuinely good gags in it. It's fine, decent soundtrack. It's okay. Okay. Like, it's a solid six. You know what it is? A six? It's a solid... I can watch this in the afternoon 
on Christmas Day when I'm full of food and a bit pissed and it'll be fine. It was okay. Uh-huh. Like, no more than that, no less than that. Utterly forgettable. Like, I can't really oh, yeah. remember anything. Like, there was, like, the gags about uh, Chris Hemsworth being, like, the sort of, like, hot blonde stereotype that have been thrown about in 80s films forever. Because um, you haven't seen the film. Um, yeah. So Chris Hemsworth was hired as a receptionist. I yeah, I know that much. And he's basically like a, like what would have been in the eighties a thick, sexy female blonde. He's, oh, he's a Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Only. Yeah, okay. And it's just like you know what? Like that's a funny joke. Yeah. So that's a funny little subversion. Um, and there was some other stuff that was good. Like there was an ongoing like wontons gag um, mm-hmm. about soup and wontons. It was just like. It felt quite out of place from the rest of the film. I was like, oh, that's quite. That's just a bit of a surreal gag that has okay. nothing to do with anything else. And the film was like, okay, so you've captured some of the elements of what made Ghostbusters good. But it's like, you were never going to remake Ghostbusters. No. Right? I mean, no. that that was lightning in a bottle, and we all knew that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it didn't deserve any of the rage that was poured on it. Yeah, I feel people. People are very eager to get angry about things yeah. these days, especially. Uh, nerds. Yeah. Uh, speaking as as one myself, I'm not very happy with the with the with the way people treat uh, stuff that they're supposed to like. You know, if someone wants to redo like a movie like this, like in a completely new fashion, like don't get angry straight away. You got to give it a chance. I mean, fair enough. Like, it might not be good, mm-hmm. but. You know, you can't be too precious over these things. I know, and if, if we were and we treated these things like things you can't ever touch again, I wouldn't have two of my favourite films. I wouldn't have Dread and I wouldn't have Mad Max. Yeah. These were incredible true. films. And mm-hmm. if we were to treat these things with the semblance that some of the internet community seems to think we should treat them with, mm. we'd never have them. Uh, yeah. I um, mean, people got angry about Mad Max as well, but it's all... I don't know. It's all, I don't know why. People just get upset over... Stupid shit. Stupid shit. Like, yeah. Just because a new one's been released doesn't mean you can't watch the old one. Ah, it still exists. It still exists. Ghostbusters 1 is still there. It's still, it's I still, still have there. it on DVD. In all its magnificence, it's still there. Yeah, it's and it's still really much good. better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the thing. It's not, like, it's not like they're setting out to destroy the thing you love. It's just like, oh, we're going to try and do the thing you love again. But just ignore it if you don't like it. That's what I did with Ghostbusters. Yeah. I just ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> but you went to see it I went and, to see uh, it and you yeah. know what it's completely unchanged my opinion of the original there how, you go. how weird is that that's strange it's I would like, have thought you'd have forgotten all about Bill Murray and uh, Harold Ramis and Melissa McCarthy did not completely blank out my remembrance of Bill Murray it's weird how it works like that yeah I mean it's probably good <laughs> I think I'm sorry that wasn't easy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey that's her whole stick though so you can't interestingly it wasn't in that film Oh really? Uh, yeah, I know because this is this is one of the things that we, criticism that I saw banned about. Oh, it's just Melissa Mar- McCarthy making fat jokes about herself again. Well, I mean, wasn't. That, oh, okay. It genuinely wasn't. Like, her script was not that. Well, that's good. I'm glad she's branching out. Like I've certainly seen. Oh, God, I can't even remember the films I've seen her in before. I've certainly seen her in roles where she's been like, I'm big, fat, and rude. Yeah, the, and uh, that bridesmaids yes. brings to mind. Yeah. That was that was that was that wasn't her. First but it wasn't. Thing. She was she wasn't like that in this film. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was standard comedic acting, and it wasn't like super funny, but it like wasn't that archetype that she's played before. Okay, cool. So I think that I mean that criticism that so many people leveled is just unbased. Oh, good. 
Good. Uh, if, we, if we can stay on the topic of remakes, yep. real quick. Um, I'm rather excited for uh, Kong Skull Island. Kong Skull Island. I don't know why I'm excited for it. Oh, this one, I, I've seen a little bit about this. Um, you seen the trailer for it? Right, what have I seen about this? No, I haven't. I've seen one guy's thoughts, um, a really good YouTuber actually called uh, Ryan's Theory. Uh, Ryan's little known, Theory. Yeah, um, we'll put a link in. Uh, really, really good YouTuber, um, and he does analysis of films and things. But I saw what his take on it. But anyway, please go on. Okay. You um, seem to know more about it than I do. Well, I've seen one trailer, uh, but that's all there is at the moment, I well, think. That's infinitely more trailer than I've okay. seen. Okay, uh, so Comic Con, strangely enough, I don't really remember anything about Comic Con this year apart from the, the Kong Skull Island trailer, just because I was not expecting another King Kong movie. Now, is this in the same universe as the Godzilla? I don't know. It's. Well, the, my Maybe. thing is, I don't know if it's if it's a sequel to Peter Jackson's King Kong, or whether it is set it was a new reimagining of Kong set in the Godzilla world. Both would be very good. Mm. Uh, you know, well, either one would be very good. Um, but yeah, it's it looks different. You get a little glimpse, much like the Godzilla trailer. You get a very tiny glimpse of him at the end, and he looks different to Peter Jackson's Kong. He's less gorilla. That would indicate to me that it's um, yeah. He looks like I don't know, like seventies King Kong, where he's just like you know, like a man, yeah, giant hairy man, but he's like huge. Um, yeah, and don't know what it is. I just like big giant monster movies, and they're they're cool, man. It came out of nowhere for me anyway. It popped up on my Facebook one day. There's a new Kong movie coming out. Let's uh, give it a look. Uh, Sam Jackson's in it. Uh, John Goodman is in there as well. I think it's John Goodman. I can't remember. It was a while since I saw it. But I think John Goodman's in there. It's set like during the 60s. So they're all like in a Vietnam chopper going this to Skull is, Island. I saw still... Um, where did I see? It, was, it, must, it will have been on Reddit. That's where I get mm. all my information. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it was a still of... Uh, Apocalypse Now, the, okay. the chopper scene mm-hmm. with a chopper scene from Kong. Oh well, the thing and is, it was next to each other, and I was like, "Okay, I see what they're doing." I mean, I love me That's a Vietnam awesome. movie. Um, much like, Apocalypse Now is the Vietnam. Yes, Vietnam. You know, movie. interestingly, I've never seen Apocalypse Now. Wow, I've seen Platoon. Okay, and I saw that bit in Forrest Gump where he goes to Vietnam. <laughs> but I do like <laughs> Vietnam movies uh, from what I've seen of them. Uh, they're great, and I think to to set uh, that's what I'm. That's why I'm wondering whether Skull Island is set after Jackson's King Kong. They go back to the Skull Island, you know, sixty years after. Yeah, like post Vietnam. Yeah, well, sixty Vietnam. years after King Kong was in New York. Oh yeah, because that was like nineteen nineteen in the twenties yeah. during the Depression, and then now it's like the Vietnam War. Um, and they go, and the whole trailer's like, there's multiple giant beasts, and they all encounter little skit. You know, in, well, in King Kong, there was all the skeletons of, of dead gorillas, like giant gorillas, and he lived in this cave on his own. Yeah. And he said to, to the girl, he goes, these are all my dead homies. And he uh, pours a little 40. The <laughs> um, and then, and then he just like... Puts on some gold chains, yeah. heads to Harlem, and it becomes a very different film. Yeah, and Adrian Brody swings in and all the bats attack him. And it's like, <laughs> oh, this is crazy. Uh, yeah, but in, this, in the trailer, it still goes, oh, there's multiple giant gorillas. 
Uh, it's not just one, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's. It'd make more sense from a biological perspective, to be to be honest. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those trailers that just has too much mystery to it, and it's got you asking. It's got people talking about it. I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say there's no such thing as too much mystery in a trailer. No, I agree. I'm just saying it's like one of those things. It's just like I, I need to. It's that's what I like. I need to know more. It's From like what this... you're saying, it sounds. It harkens to me a lot of the trailer campaign for Star Wars. No, but yes, <laughs> uh, but to a further extent, what was the Cloverfield film? Cloverfield Lane. Uh Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. 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 The trailer campaign to that because that was a really mysterious. And no one really knew what was going on. Yes. Is it anything to do with clo- what? What? And it, that's good. I think mm. it's really good. Uh, I think there is like a really strong balance to be struck about like how much to give away in a trailer. Yes. The Ghostbusters trailer is a prime example of this. They put in so packed so much into the trailer that they made it look worse than it actually was. Yeah, I feel the same could be same could be said for uh, Batman versus Superman. I could say that for the whole damn film. Which I, well, that's why I didn't see it because I felt like I saw it for free every time I went to the cinema. Can you imagine? Right, that density in the trailer. Uh huh. For two hours. Oh, it's just or two and a half hours. Really? Yeah. Um, I think I don't. I, I don't know if we've spoken about this before, but that was just like ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Right. So there's a large release coming out. Okay. That I'm very excited for tomorrow. Uh, no Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. I've heard a lot of pe- pe- a lot of people are excited about No Man's Sky. A lot of pe- I mean, people have been excited. Then their hearts were broken. Then their haters came out. Then people were excited again. It was like it's been an ordeal. I don't know how. Ordeal. I don't know how people do it. Um, I had this game on my radar for a really, really long time. It was why I ended up going for the PS4. Okay. Um, purely because of this. Well, actually, it was because of Bloodborne, obviously, because I. Adore from software. Yeah, you're a you're everything. a big you're a big from software fanboy. If they made uh if they made a console that just played from software games, I would probably buy it. Would you? Probably. Well, that's that's a big. I'm, ju- I'm just gonna say that. Okay. Um, and I, I know that that opens me to criticism. But you know, it's it's a lot of commitment. Anyway, <laughs> regardless, I won't I won't talk about from software because it would just be me talking for the next six hours. Okay. Um, but No Man's Sky, and it's uh, something I was I, I was very interested in. I was like interested to the point that this is one of the reasons I'll go for a PS4. But I've also been highly skeptical of it because mm-hmm. it's like some big claims going on, like something like 120 quintillion different planets. Quintillion. Quintillion. That's, That's a not big a number. number. <laughs> I refuse to believe that quintillion is an amount. We'll confirm that in the show notes. Um, they sent out like virtual probes within the world because they couldn't explore it manually just to check just a quality check the the world the, the okay. universe that they built. bug bug testing yeah. and stuff okay um like and it's all procedural and it's all like this, this a shared server yeah the whole um, concept like, I'm so confused I don't know much about I don't really know anything the about vastness of it like, I mean it, it does it for me because like a couple of the games I was very into when I was younger was uh, Freelancer. Did you ever play this? No. Space uh, exploration, commerce, and battle game. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft game actually. One of the one of the last good Microsoft Studios games. Wow. Um, and I was obviously very into like Morrowind. Ah yes, the yeah. greatest Elder Scroll game. 
Okay. I, I will maintain. Right. Um, because of it, and because of how weird it is, and how strange the biology is, and I like I see No Man's Sky as like a cross between the two. Okay. Because all of the biology is so alien and so weird, and it has this exploration aspect that was like very similar to Freelancer, and mm. that you have to do inventory management and you have to trade. Um, where you're gaining resources at a low cost and selling them at a high, higher cost, things like that. And you can very much play in your own style. If you wanted a small spaceship and you can travel light and do a lot of exploration, or if you can get a big freighter and do that sort of thing. Um, I'm, all, I'm very excited for all the features. And now, at, at this point, I've watched probably maybe four hours of gameplay. Okay. And I feel like, I feel pretty safe you're ready to go this is actually how it's going to be okay it's not going to be a horrible buggy mess well a horrible procedural buggy mess i mean games these days are always buggy on game on release yeah. yeah um yeah i read i read somewhere there is there is like a massive day one patch yeah for this. Uh, but hey hopefully that fixes a lot of problems um i just wish games would come out finished though <laughs> but I guess, suppose for a game as large as No Man's Sky you it's, can't really guarantee that my thing about No Man's Sky and again one of the reasons it's like you know what guys I'm fine with you having my money because mm-hmm. it's like this is a 12 man basically indie project oh they put a lot of work into it's it like, as well and they all whenever I've heard them speak or whenever I've seen what they've written it's they all seem very candid and they all seem very much like they really believe in it and it's mm-hmm. like you know what man yeah you're doing some even if this doesn't turn out to be as amazing as it could be, mm-hmm. you're still doing something new. Oh yeah, it's like, a, like uh, yeah, it's um, it's almost like um, I feel like it's putting an investment in the development of the industry. That's big. I words. think it will inspire like a yeah. lot of people to try different things. This is not, it's not really like anything I've seen before, apart from maybe like Elite Dangerous. Yeah, Elite last Dangerous. Year. Elite Dangerous looks really cool, but. So I mean, some people—it's kind of their idea of the of the of the ideal video game. Yeah, just a proper escapist fantasy. It's where... from what I, the gameplay that I've seen as well. It's like it's built to be relaxing as well. Okay. It's like you just ease into it. Like, well, I mean, the colors are all very like saturated, yeah, and, and chilled. And it's like the soundtrack was—I can't remember the band. There was a band that basically built the soundtrack, and it's all like a reactive to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it all just like fades in and out, and it's just all really well oh, done, really I, chilled I, I out. I love that. Um, so I think it's going to be, even if it's not as, as I say, as engaging as it could be, it'll always be one of these games that, I, from what I've seen, that you could just like when your brain's not fully active and you just need to sit and do something, mm-hmm. it'll just absorb that space. Um, very meditative, almost. But I don't know. Again, this is speculation. I've, yeah. not, I've not played this game yet, um, so it's all up for there. But. I do think with its financial success and with uh, the fact that it's, they, they've built a whole lot of new technology to make this game possible, I think that this is very much a sort of... This is something that now AAAs and larger studios are going to be like, right, Let's how, how do we imitate this? How do we use aspects of this game in our games? Yeah, and, and then possibly, hopefully, expand on it. Yeah. Much like Daisy. Daisy, yeah. the first one of those zombie things. Now there's it's got lots of imitators yeah, and awesome. a lot of them are doing bigger and better things like uh, the game Rust Rust yeah. Rust is Rust is looks really brilliant. really good fun it's uh, but there's no zombies it's basically like take the zombies out of it simple and just have it because the best thing about those zombie survival games are the other players because yeah. all other players want to do is kill each other so why have an artificial threat when you could just have 
the survival factor. And that's, um, you know, they're building on that idea. Whereas No Man's Sky, like, who knows how many imitations and developments we could have next year. For the listener who is uninitiated, Daisy is a zombie apocalypse survival game. Very open world, very based on how other players react and how well you do in it. Um, link in show notes. And... Uh, Rust is in a similar vein, but well, they took the zombie. Though, there's no like zom- I said. there's no zombies, and um, you're you play on as a, you're pl- you're like play a, as a naked man. guy, naked caveman, yeah, you're nude for most of the game, and, and then you have to develop technology to get more advanced technology and gain mastery of the island. Um, that's what those two games are. But there's there there's loads of them in this vein. Oh yeah, what I think an interesting thing is. And I, I don't know when we're going to see it or even if we're going to see it, is uh, how to build in friendly and cohesive player interaction in a completely open world. And what I'm saying is like, um, so these games lack the society that we have. People games. tend not to cooperate. Is that what you, well, you're saying? I don't, I don't know. Um, we ha- I don't know if this is a thing, this is a detachment because it's like, oh, I can just kill whoever I want. Mm. in Daisy because it's a game and it doesn't matter or because th- there's some implications to that I don't entirely like because that tells me that maybe without any societal control people would do some pretty terrible things and the only reason we do some we only stay in line because of societal constraints what I think would be very interesting to see in a game and it would only work if you had a big enough player base. Mm-hmm. But if you could like build in bureaucratic societal measures, that there was like real, real consequence for for committing atrocities. Yeah. So uh, like. So you'd have to spend a couple days. Real and you know real time. Yeah, yeah. Like days. if you kill, if you like, if you kill a dude, then you spend the rest of your like your full game life. You're not allowed to log in again and not be in jail, like. But could you escape from jail? Yeah, like, I mean, the thing is, for this to sort of, like, experimental gameplay to work, you would need, like, such an enormous open world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But what I'm saying is, like, is there a way to force normal societal interaction onto an open world game? Or will it always perpetually be just purely chaotic gameplay where people are killing each other? Well, that's the thing. In in, uh, games like Rust, you can build structures, like little houses to keep yourself safe, but you can do it all yourself. If there was some kind of like physical constraint on on the character you're playing as, like you can only build so much before you exhaust yourself. Find someone else, yeah, to build another bit of the building, and you can you can work on it together. So you can only if there do was it a mechanic as, as cooperative, possibly. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, I know no, exactly what you're saying. So like. No, a so way it's like you, a game mechanic. A where, way you could do it is like um, you could put like a hard limit on it, like. You can build a structure for one if you've got one person. Ah. Uh-huh. If you've got two people in cooperation and you could like stick on cooperation mode or whatever. And it would be slightly more like, advanced yeah, to have more things. If you could basically if you're on your own, you'd build a crappy little shack yeah. with maybe like a wood fire and uh, like a shit bed. But if it was two people, you'd build a slightly better dwelling. Yeah. And maybe have some defence. If it was like four or five people, you could build like a little, a tiny little wall, Actually, wall that's, fortress. That's an interesting state a statement. If it was defense based, then that would make a really strong incentive. So that would make and Rust is a prime example, actually. Yeah. So if you put a hard limit on it, like so, with two people in cooperation, then you're allowed to build slightly more advanced structures, like like in Age of Empires when you went up an age. Yes, it could work like similarly to that. 
and then when you've got three people in cooperation and then as soon as that cooperation breaks down and I think one of the an important thing would be that that cooperation would be allowed to break down mm. you, you're, you're still allowed to attack any other player you're still allowed to thieve you're still allowed to do anything but as soon as you do that you break the cooperation and then the whole you're group an the whole group suffers yeah um, so they're all knocked down that tech tree again because they're because they're down one player because yeah. you have to spend some time in in confinement maybe yeah. I don't know it sounds very gamey but I think that's a very good solution yeah. to it because that would force people to do it because um, it means you couldn't go out alone you couldn't survive alone and be like um, a, a rogue player yeah just a sniper you, in the trees just picking people off yeah by by just virtue of uh there being increased defense and more more gameplay features with other players, you would just be forced to. There would be attrition. Yeah, you work together. That'd be interesting to see. Hi, if there are any game developers listening, um, please get on that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, send us we'll, a check. We'll play that, and uh, we we take sixty percent actually. Yeah. Uh, so that was a game design uh, segment, which I didn't expect. Uh, to have. Yeah, that was our brand new segment <laughs> of right now. Uh, we design a game. Wow. Um, Man, that was good. Maybe we should make that a regular thing. Possibly. <laughs> uh, where did that come from? What were we talking about before that? No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky, because it has... Because you were wanting to, yeah, be able to cooperate with people. Well, maybe... No Man's Sky 2. Maybe. Maybe you'll be able to build space bases together. Right, well, let's get on to the meat and potatoes. Oh, let's get on to the big topic of the week. Uh, this week we both went to see uh, Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. the new movie from uh, DC Entertainment Warner Brothers Studios. Um, <laughs> they're a new part of the DC Cinematic Universe, uh, a, a universe of which I have only seen one other film. I didn't see Batman vs. Superman, uh, because as I said earlier, I, I saw the whole thing in a trailer, <laughs> so I you know, didn't need to spend any money on it. Um and Man of Steel just didn't impress me much. Mm. However, or Shania. Well, I know <laughs> that was my first thought as well. We're not talking about that. <laughs> We're not talking about Man of Steel right now. It's Suicide Squad. Yeah, Man of Steel is uh, well, Suicide Squad a lot better than Man of Steel. Okay. Um, I fairly enjoyed it. It was a film that at first I was not excited for at all. Mm-hmm. I figured this looks ridiculous. That first image came out of Jared Leto as the Joker. Oh he God! All, he had all the ridiculous tattoos. He still has them. Still has them. There I, was. I, I actually respect their commitment to keeping the tattoos. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I heard rumors that they just photoshopped them all out in post. He still has the damaged tattoo on his yeah, forehead. Still has the damaged tattoo. Which I can't. I just can't forgive that. It's ridiculous. Like I mean, that basically that sums up. My feelings of the movie as a whole, actually, the fact that he has damage tattooed on their forehead, on his forehead. There's, there's no subtlety in the script. They say everything they're feeling at the time. Oh, just from this point on, let's just say this is. We're gonna get into spoilers. I think we're gonna actually talk about the full movie. Spoiler tastic. Yeah, it's gonna be a spoiler. Spoiler alert. <coughs> there's a point in the film where Will Smith several times actually points at someone and says you are bad <laughs> and I just I f- I don't know what to think of that I just surely there is a way you could convey that it was already conveyed do you know what I mean the big the final showdown with the with the with the big villain who by the way I thought was very cool 
I thought all the characters in this were very cool. Uh, well, not all of them. Uh, he points at the villain. He just says, you are evil. Yeah, and does. then they have a CGI fight. No, what... Um, and the script is full of that kind of thing. Oh, God, it's full of it. Uh, that actually... That, just that, that scene exactly. Um, bear in mind that that happens just after Will Smith had just been hallucinating quite extremely. Uh, yes. So he just pops out of that and then says, oh, you better, you better go smack her on the ass and get her back together or something. I didn't quite like that. Like, yeah, and then yeah. he's like, you are evil. It's like the tone. <laughs> the tone is everywhere, man. Absolutely everywhere. I mean, I don't know how to feel about this film. I th- it had some good bits. Um, Deadshot. I mean, the movie focuses heavily on Deadshot. He seems to be the main character, which was it's because Will Smith playing Will Smith. That's true. Will Smith. He can pretty much carry any film. You can put him in, in any character in any movie. Because like, Will Smith will always play Will Smith, and people will always like it. Yeah. Because people like Will Smith. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a he's a likable man. He, he is. He is. Yeah. Even in his ridiculous long coat and cowboy hat that he wears. Like, he's just in a time machine from the set. You know that scene? He's Christmas shopping with his daughter. Oh, in Gotham yeah, City. Jeez, God, in yeah. In 2014, everyone's walking around in regular clothes. He sticks out with his uh, pimp costume. <laughs> he's wearing a pimp costume. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the adventures of Deadshot, who is a Batman villain. Yeah. A classic Batman villain. Um, who Basically, he's in prison for being an assassin... Uh, he gets told, basically, they want to start a task force with you and some other villains. I think there's only three, four Batman villains in the movie. The rest are other, like, DC characters. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the Australian guy, Captain Boomerang yeah. or something, he's a... Budget pro- Tom Hardy. Yes, Budget Tom Hardy. Um, I think he's a Flash I can't villain. claim that. I, I, think I mean, the Flash shows up. I think that was actually Ryan's theory. The budget oh, really? Tom Hardy quote. I, th- I think I've heard that before. Brilliant well. He was good. If I actually liked him. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Boomerang is probably was probably my favorite. Although, like, I don't know. It, again, every character I think of is like there are holes everywhere. Like they brought, they did that whole thing with like him having the pink unicorn, and it never. And they never made a thing about it. I, maybe, it's like they were almost deliberately trying to be like, oh look, we can do the Deadpool thing too. It's silly. Where it's he's like, silly, oh, he's, he's silly. He likes Adventure Time. He's watches. a drunk Australian. Yeah. Oh god. But they never actually do anything with it. Um, oh, man. And like, actually, to be honest, he got some of the best dialogue because none of his dialogue was attempted at like being ham-handedly serious. Yeah. That's um, why I liked him. He was just. He was yeah. just. A, he was just a dude. Um. But just with you saying like how damaged on the Joker's forehead sums up everything. It's like sums up for me. Most of the dialogue is what a thirteen-year-old thinks is cool, which is most of the character design. Yeah, is what a thirteen-year-old thinks well, is cool. No, some of, some of the stuff a thirteen thirteen-year-old thinks is cool is okay to make into a film. Oh, Dead, that's fine. Deadpool proved that. Okay, because like, most of Deadpool was exactly that. And what a thirteen-year-old thinks is badass, but with a with a, just a pinch of self-awareness, oh yeah, and some good good uh, dialogue, mm. you can make that okay, and you make that funny. Um, however, with no self-awareness, it comes across really like um, tra- what is a badass black lady in charge of it all? I don't remember her name. Um, but... I can't remember the actress's name. Uh, however, every single line she came out with was supposed to make her sound like in control and completely badass and it's mm-hmm. like no, no this 
this doesn't sound badass. This is almost like making me cringe to the point it's like you don't sound cool. Yeah. You sound like you sound like someone's mum trying to tell off like a fucking toddler that's misbehaving. Like this is what it sounds like. Yeah. It's I, like I've just seen you shoot like four innocent people in a room. She does this at one point. She shoots four innocent people in a room. Oh yeah. And I'm supposed to think this is like super hardcore. And it's like, no, you don't. You, this is just. I think this it just. This is not right. Well, I think that kind of there's a lot of things that happen throughout the film with that character. It just kind of cements her as as the villain of the movie. I think. Well, I don't know if that's what they were trying. I think they completely fell flat on that because I think she was supposed to not be like that. I think she was supposed to be like the sort of like the darker foil to Batman. I think she okay. was supposed to be like the bureaucratic Batman. You know? Right. She like, doesn't see anything she, wrong with killing yeah, people so long She as... is the greater good. That's all she understands. But there okay. was not enough there was not enough character development there to like actually support that. Yeah. All she ended up looking like was like someone who talks far more serious than they sound like they should and a total dick. That's yeah, like, she was a bit of an asshole. It, she, like, that's all she came across as, a yeah. total dick. And uh, again, Will Smith let us know by saying she is a bad bitch <laughs> and I was like oh yeah I didn't oh, get it. I didn't realise that I didn't, thanks, thanks, thanks Deadshot like, thanks Smith you uh, shot that point right <laughs> oh. oh shit um, I don't know what did I like I really liked uh, Enchantress yeah well I liked her until she became CGI villain of the 100% week. see when she was dark and scary she was great yeah so cool that first bit where she says Enchantress and her hand oh the hand out. That was, that by the way, so cool. actually, see for that one scene, mm-hmm. like the one hand scene, that like one, 10 out of 10, best, oh, best horror. The thing is, there are some great films. Best great horror parts. of 2016. Enchantress. That, that, no, not, not <laughs> is the whole thing. That Just one that scene. Yeah, that was cool. Like, pitch that up against other horror films and other horror CGI. Mm. Like, wow, that's like really out of the park. Yeah. But then they pissed up against the wall I by th- turning her into like a big blue fucking Egyptian yeah. god. It's it's very, like I don't know. Every every three months, there's a there's like a, a, a CGI action movie where basically the I don't, how many films are we going to see where the thing they need to destroy is a giant beam of light shooting into the sky. <laughs> yeah. The DC out of out of three films in the DC cinematic universe, two of them have done it. And there was a lot. Uh, there wasn't a giant beam of light, but in uh, Batman versus Superman over the crash site, there was tons and tons of like light show coming out of that, mm. and that's where you had to beat. But like the the weapon, the the weapon in quotation marks because yeah. it doesn't. So she just they never explain explodes things. I will make a weapon and destroy all. She kept saying all your armies will die. It's like, well, you clearly have the power to not need to destroy armies just I, I, I was confused by the villain's motive I was like what like what do you just want to take over just do that thing where you take over people's minds I know like clearly you could do this in a way more subtle way yeah but it's, like you're clearly the most powerful person in the room mm. why are you doing this in such an ineffective way yeah and you're you're like 7,000 years old yeah like I come on yeah I didn't really get I didn't get it I didn't get it I didn't understand it as a movie. No, well, it, it was, was just a lot of. Co- it was all over the place. It was really confusing. Yeah. Like the fact that it was like we're supposed to believe that the characters genuinely believed that it was they were going in to fight terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right up to the. Point I was where, waiting for the point in the helicopter where which is like we're going in. There's it's terrorists. Yeah, and See it's the big beam of, beam of light. light. That's terrorists. I was waiting for one of them to say 
no, you're talking shit. Not. Just let us know. Yeah. I think maybe some maybe Will Smith said that at one point. Like, I don't believe you. Yeah, but they they just go in anyway, and it's unquestionably. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, they have to, but it's like they didn't even. It's like they're supposed to just believe that this is terrorists, and then it only comes to light when there's that whole scene just before the bar where Will Smith finds the top secret document. Uh huh. And it's like, you've only just realized. Yeah, I like, mean, guys, I you've been, like, literally. Fighting men like, made out of bubbles. <laughs> no, or, you know, bubble men. Bubble walking men. Walking towards, like, like Power Rangers villains. You know, the, the little rubbery guys, the Power Rangers They did look like those guys. Yeah, they did. It was they're just Power Rangers henchmen um, with a Power Rangers villain at the end. We keep trying to talk about things we liked about it uh-huh. and then getting dragged down. I liked Harley Quinn's t-shirt. I kind of really want one. See, all of Harley Quinn's dialogue fell completely flat. She was supposed to be funny and it just came well, across as shit. she was supposed to be shit. the Deadpool However, character again. I think Margot Robbie acted the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, she did. I, I think she deserved a better script. Well, that's the thing. She did the best she could with the script she was yeah. given. I think, you know? like, had she been given... Like better material, mm. she would have been like knocked out of the park. I like think she worked. She really knocked that. Yeah. If Bruce she really Tim tried, yeah. If Bruce Tim had written the script, she'd have been amazing. For those of you that don't know, uh, Bruce Tim wrote the uh, Batman animated series, yeah, uh, which is where Harley Quinn originally shows up. Now she's just another character that fifteen-year-old uh, emo girls will think I want to dress like that for Halloween. Um, hey, what about all the fifteen-year-old emo boys who want to dress like Harley Quinn? Well, that's what I was saying. That Daddy's Little Monster T-shirt—I can see that flying off the shelves in Primark. Hundred percent, man. I, I mean, I want one. I'm not even a fifteen-year-old girl. I mean, I'm definitely not going to wear one, but that's um, mainly because I don't dress like that. Well, next time you see me, I'll be—I'll get like a man's. <laughs> is it, man's it going to be a belly top as well? Well, maybe. I might need to. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of belly to <laughs> to, to cover. No, I regardless. Just... Um, <laughs> I if if it had been my way I would have given the script to uh, James Gunn well because it feels like to me it felt like what they were trying to do was make a mashup of Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool yes and they failed on both counts I 100% agree that's it, it's even down to the um, to the music they used it just didn't work it didn't well. work but it felt like what they tr- what they did with Guardians of the Galaxy like Reminiscent, well, but just off. Well, with Guardians of the Galaxy, it works because it's a part of the plot. Yeah, the music is a part of the plot. Makes sense, and you could have made it make sense in Suicide Squad easily. But it's just random, randomly picked songs. Like none of the songs really make any sense. Look, and you could have had something like um, an extra. Have you ever seen the Warriors? Yes. Right, the Warriors. Like you could have had like an ongoing radio station within the destroyed city that had all this music on. Uh huh. Easy. And, they, and then it could have it could have been played up in the bar. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, you could have made it logically consistent. Oh, that's a good idea. I know, 100%. But they didn't. It was just, like, tacked on and slammed in. Yeah. And it was just, like, even the fact in the first opening scenes, every character had a different song. Yeah, it's weird. It's just, it was I just a mess. Well. It's like just they all have mess. their own weird theme songs. Like, one thing that misdirected me with Harley Quinn's character development, she, like, her first... The song that she's introduced to is like it's like a breakup song. Um, you don't own me. Yeah, you can't tell me what to do. I'm not yeah. one of your toys. I thought, oh, they're going with the whole deal that maybe she's she's left the Joker. She's left him for the abusive. Like, I mean, he's not. It's in, a pretty abusive relationship, man. Well, in this in this movie, not so much. In the comic books, the Joker is just a, so like shit to Harley. I don't know. In 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 the film, it is shown that he. Like tortured her. Well, well I mean, obviously, and then in another scene, 
he asks her to jump in a vat of chemicals. Yes. Well, at this, that's the thing. I figured the Joker would show up at the end, and she'd be like, "No, Joker, I'm not. I'm not part of your thing anymore. Yeah. You know, you don't own me. I'm not one of your toys." That song plays again. Credits. But, like, I mean, maybe there's room for development for that. But I felt the 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 uh, the development of Harley Quinn as a character could have used some of that. Yeah, because he's just so. the same. All the characters are just the same at the end. Yeah, no one really learns anything. Um, well, apart from <laughs> apart from the Mexican fire guy, who just disappears. He just evaporates. Although one point I did want to raise about the fifteen-year-old uh, uh, character design, mm-hmm. which made me like, I was in an empty cinema, and like I literally just like let out like a very loud chuckle when it is a flashback to him and his family home he's got a regular family but he's just a skinny like gangster with loads of tattoos up his arms it can happen but I just figured he looks out of place he's got a white a wholesome wife two lovely children he's got like a classic 1950s kitchen here's this (laughs) tattooed gangster with a skull for a face he's like this is my family. That, that sort of thing does happen. I have met people in real life who are like that. But I just... I wasn't expecting it. No, just no, it's it not. Funny. It's not what you... It doesn't make any sense. But it's like... I think what they were trying to do... I actually really liked Eldav's character. Again, his mm. dial... It, actually, all of the actors. All of the yeah. actors deserve better scripts. Yeah. all Apart from... I don't know. Killer Croc? Who <laughs> didn't have any... Any time Croc said anything, I was like, what? What? What, what? did you say? But yeah, I actually really liked El Diablo's character. I thought it was... I thought yeah, it was good. It was great. And it was like genuinely like... Because I liked the whole pacifism thing. Uh-huh. That, that was just... That was cool. And it's like... Oh, it, this is why the film has galled me so much. It's like... There were so many elements that were like... God, you could have made this so interesting. I like, know. Had, a guy like, who's technically like a human fucking thermonuclear weapon uh-huh. is a pacifist that's so cool it's great that's so yeah. cool you've got um, this this girl who's like a, a genius psychologist who uh, has some severe Stockholm syndrome and um, is also like incredibly talented and then you've got like this uh, this incredible mercenary um, bounty hunter who has like just loves his kid mm. it's just like oh man you could have done so you could make these guys so much more interesting. Yeah, I know there were so much, the... so many chances. To... Oh, and I think that's what's so galling about it. Um, also, the logical inconsistencies. Uh, name... Something we need to talk about. <laughs> Where do we begin? Right. Well, the El Diablo, since that's the last thing we were talking about. Okay. It just disappears. <laughs> disappears, and no one talks about it. Yeah, they don't, they don't really bring him up. It's not like at the end, it's like, oh, let's remember oh, our fallen hero. He just explodes. Just gone. Which, I mean, maybe not so much a logical inconsistency, but just an oversight in general. Main thing that I found was logically inconsistent was the fact that, like, the Joker deactivates Harlequin's neck explosive. Uh-huh. Fairly, about halfway through the film or something? Yeah. Fairly early on. And about three times later, afterwards, Harlequin checks her thing... And then she gets threatened by... Well, the thing is, I don't up. think Harley knows it's happened. No, she does. Does she? Oh, she gosh. never says, like, because Harley, she's the type of character who's kind of just oblivious. It's true. And she's too reckless to kind of have, like, she could have just, I'm going to go do, I'm going to go jump on that helicopter anyway. You blow me up if you want. No, no, she does know. Because the Joker texts her and tells her it'll be okay. Oh, okay. Also, wait, speaking of Joker texting her, 
She's had yeah, another hidden phone on her. Yeah, like this. Like, she this. He get, she gets handed to her in the prison. It's a big phone as it's, well. It's not it's small. It's supposed to be a secret thing. It's not sly and at it's, all. It's like it's got some razzle dazzle phone cover on I it. Know. It's all sparkly and uh, to match the Lamborghini they were driving in. Yeah, oh, yeah that Lamborghini though. My lord, it was it was very. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh man. no, I hated it. Really? I hated. I did not like this Joker. Do you know the thing is every people, I actually did. I like that they tried something different. That's what I like. I just did not like what they did. Depends what you want from it, really, and it maybe fits the theme of what they're trying to go through with Gotham more. The point is, oh, the television series Gotham. Well, no, no, I meant like Gotham as a city. Oh, okay. Because Gotham is much of ca- much of a character in any Batman as Batman or the Joker is. So right. the Joker has to ultimately fit with how crime works within Gotham. True. Just as like Heath Ledger's Joker served as a complete foil to that Gotham mm. and controlled it, and My how so- um, mm. how Tim Burton's Joker, um, Jack Nicholson's Joker, uh-huh. um, was like an accentuated exaggerated version of that Gotham it's like the Joker has to work within Gotham but the point is we haven't seen enough of Gotham to understand why this Joker works yeah there's no context there's no context yeah apart from that one scene in a club yeah which is but like for me in my imagination the Joker doesn't like obviously he 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 might run clubs but he doesn't hang out in them with like a pimp cane and in in like a golden you know VIP room I respect it. I respect it because it's different. You had to go somewhere different from Heath Ledger's Joker. I mean, that's a, that's a thing we have to... Yeah, you got to get past it. Because Heath Ledger's Joker was just this sheer force of chaos. Mm-hmm. He didn't care if he died. He didn't care if he lived. Yeah, he didn't yeah. care if he had money. He didn't care if he had no money. He didn't care if he had a Harley Quinn or didn't. Because he didn't love anyone. He, he didn't have chaos. A, he didn't have that emotion. Like... And that's such a powerful character that yeah. you have to like move away from that. And to be honest, like that kind of character doesn't actually have much motivation beyond pure chaos. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to try and spin it into a cinematic universe, it would be kind of hard to use Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, because he'd just show up every other movie and be like, I'm going to... I'm going to fuck everything. I'm going to fuck you up now. Good yeah. luck with that. Um, but, but that's kind of what the Joker does sometimes. But <laughs> I think I think what they're trying to do with this Joker is like build him into more of a. It's like a gang boss. Yeah. Yeah, which is you know fine. The it's, Joker has, the Joker is a gang boss. It's not it's not my favorite Joker, but I understand what they're doing. Yeah. To a certain extent, my same I have the same criticism of of this film as I do of Batman versus Superman. It's just like as I say, ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Mm. You are trying to stuff too much into too little. Batman should have had his own film before Batman vs. Superman. If you'd given Batman his own film, it would have made economic sense. Of course everyone would have gone to see it. It's a Batman film. People love Batman. And you could have put in Batman's backstory. You could have put Mm. in the Joker's backstory. I don't want to see another Batman backstory. I know, but you didn't need to do it in a big way. Okay. You could put in enough to make it make sense. You could put in a Joker backstory and you could have put in the Harley Quinn backstory. So Jared Leto's Joker makes sense. So it's all all of that's contextualized and it all makes sense. You could even put in like a cameo with like Deadshot or something. Yeah. And then you could have had Batman versus Superman. And that would have made more sense because you would have had Batman's motives already. Yeah. And then you could have had Suicide Squad. It's just like, it feels so horribly rushed. I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it. They're struggling to keep up with, with Marvel at the moment. I think Marvel just seemed to... Marvel just seemed well, out, of, out of pure luck just seemed to have come out with this... Well, it's not, it's not pure luck. Sense. I don't think it's like... It's because they started earlier. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. They took their time. 
they started earlier and they didn't rush. Yeah. Um, and now they've built up enough foundation that they can throw out a film. They can throw out an Iron Man 2. Remember Iron Man 2? I remember Iron Man 2. Well, no one fucking else does. Because it was <laughs> it was really rubbish and it was heavily heavily panned. No, because I of the, liked Iron Man 2. Because of the writer's strike, it got absolutely hung. Wait, it, Iron it Man wasn't... 2 didn't come out in writer's strike, did it? Yeah, it did. Really? It was Iron Man 2 that was on the writer's strike. Was there a second writer's strike? I didn't know about No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because um, there's a writer's strike that happened during Lost and Firefly and on all that. Regardless, Iron Man okay. Two, <laughs> Iron Man Two was, as as far as I see it, the weakest Marvel film. However, it doesn't matter because it's in such a strong existing oh, universe. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, you could have a weak film. It's an episode. Yeah, and, and, and that, everything yeah. else pulls it all up. Yeah, okay, absolutely I, fine. I, I hear you. And this is what I'm saying. Like, and they're trying to just, they're trying to do that before having built the foundations. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like Marvel have done anything special. Well. Actually, I mean, doing having the foresight to do that is probably quite special in itself. But like, it's rather than doing something unique and something brilliant and something special, they've just like done the legwork. Uh huh. It's been like, right, we're gonna put this down. We're gonna build this really nice and slowly, and now they've got a structure that they can build upon. Uh, Whereas DC seem to have just gone headlong into it. Mm. And I mean, they've got. I mean, they've got the right ideas, but they just don't have anything to base them on. Yeah, because this is what this is. Uh, my criticisms of um, uh, Superman versus Batman and uh, Suicide Squad are all very similar. It's like such good material, yeah. such good ideas. So, could have been so good and have been so poorly realized. Um, but yeah, I think it's just uh, it's rushing. Uh, so, um, would you recommend Suicide Squad to? Uh, to anyone and it, uh, at all, if someone's like, "Hey, I've got a movie to see. I got got an hour to kill, or two hours to kill," I might go see Suicide Squad. To be honest, against this release schedule that we have currently, yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, what else is coming out recently? I don't know. I would say I would say go see it. Um, just as a, as a final note on like my thoughts on it, um, the director, um, his last work was Fury. Oh, the Brad Pitt thing with the tanks? Yeah, man. I never saw that. Good? I loved it. Yeah? I've, I've always I, I actually, been meaning I'm, to see it. I'm not sure how it did critically, actually. I've not checked. Um, but I, I absolutely loved it. It was it was very serious, though. Yeah. Very, very serious. And it's like... It's basically like um, Brad Pitt and some boys getting a tank and have a really shit time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, one of the opening scenes is a new a new recruit cleaning the blown off face of a previous member of the tank uh-huh. off of the tank. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. It's like that's that's the kind of subject matter this director can deal with. So it's like, why would you hand him what's supposed to be like an upbeat kind of funny villain flick? Yeah. That seems like really inconsistent to me. Yeah, I don't know. It was. Um... I mean, I'm glad I'm. I you know, it's good they gave it a shot. Didn't hit the mark for me. Didn't hit the mark. And there was also all those uh, Jared Leto antics that apparently went on. Yeah, I. He, apparently, he said in an interview, he was like, "Oh, we filmed enough Joker material to make a whole new Joker film." I'm thinking, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just put it on the DVD 
as a couple of DVD extras that no one will watch. Uh, no one's gonna watch it. You could maybe be the Joker again, but maybe be the Joker getting like laser tattoo removal. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, and you know what? You know what? Actually, this Joker is very similar to one in a. Uh, there's a single uh, standalone comic story called Joker by a writer called Brian Azzarello set after the Dark Knight. We can put a link in the in the show notes if you want. Uh, Joker by Brian Azzarello uh, set after Nolan's The Dark Knight. Um, and he comes out, he gets released from Arkham early on some legal loophole. And he uh, basically starts a crime network, which by Suicide Squad he seems to have already established. But it's the same note, it hits all the same notes. Killer Croc is, you know, he's just a giant, scaly, angry black guy, which is really unusual uh, for Killer Croc, but that's how he is in the comic. He's got like a club, that's where he meets Harley Quinn. He uh, skins a man alive. Wow. In the club, like as a as an example, in the club, and he kicks him out. Onto... Sorry, Croc does this, or oh no, uh, Joker, Joker does. Basically, I don't remember. It's been a while since I read it, but uh, yeah, it's 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 basically Heath Ledger's Joker playing, you know, you know, as Jared Leto's Joker. He's basically got a little crime network. God, that's weird. He meets up with he meets up with uh, with Riddler. Riddler's really interesting. He's like a weird like uh, nerd gangster hacker. He's got like a club foot. Um, there's a part where oh yeah, so he gets so uh, in Joker's club in the back room. It's like the scene where Har- in in uh, Suicide Squad where he, the guy comes in, chats up Harley Quinn. He's and then like, he oh, shoots wait, him. I don't want this. Instead of shooting him in the face, he skins him alive and kicks him out onto the pole dancing stage into a pile of salt. <laughs> As an example to all those who might want to stand up to the Joker. There's another part where uh, when he meets up with the Riddler, I think it's the Riddler, He, uh, he they have some kind of disagreement. Uh, the Joker ungloves his hand, gives him a little pimp slap across the face. The next panel, Riddler's bleeding from his cheek like mad, and and uh, jo- and it cuts to Joker's hand, and it's basically him got broken glass embedded in his hand, and he's like, "That's the you know that's the the uh, the lens I'm willing to go to to show people how serious I am about this." Like it's fucking crazy. Like he's Jeez. he's a mean Joker, and I feel Leto's Joker falls short of of that because i feel i think the impression i get is that's what they were trying to do mm. is crime lord joker taking over gotham city he's done it but he just doesn't feel he doesn't feel like joker you know he's, he's just he's just a he's just a, 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 a i don't know this i was just disappointed it's, it's not not my joker <laughs> hashtag not my joker hashtag not my joker <laughs> um, um i would agree just with my my feeling about the whole film just disappointed yeah well I'm not disappointed because I didn't have my expectations weren't high I was more excited for seeing it because you know as the trailers came out and got better and as the 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 promotional material like the posters Mm -hmm. are all really cool oh actually just with you saying the promotional material one of the things that I thought was such a clever thing to do Mm. including Slipknot in all of the promotional material (laughs) and then blowing the fucker up in the first like five minutes of action was he in a lot of the? I didn't know he was a thing he was in the promotional material oh my lord that that, I thought that was so clever 
I, so clever. Well, I didn't see him in any of the promotional material. He was, he was. No, he was in. He was standing up in some of the promo. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Um, that was really good. Yo, a lot of the posters that have been kicking around are really cool. I'd quite happily buy a Suicide Squad poster with all the cool, colourful designs. I don't think you can do that if you don't like it. No, why not? I mean, I like Harley Quinn well enough to... You know, it's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> and if she's surrounded by, you know, colourful splashes of... Uh, of, uh, of of shapes and things. I, d- I thought that I thought all the design work around the. Uh, I think you're right too. The design the design that went into it did the, a lot of favors. Did it? A it lot made of me want to see the movie. It did its job. Yeah, it's just another 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 hurdle. Uh, Warner Brothers tripped over. They might. I'm hoping they'll pick themselves up eventually. Uh, yeah, I, I I believe they will. I mean, the Flash shows up for a couple of seconds. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like, the Flash is a character. Who I really interested in, but every piece of media I see him in, I'm just like, ugh, the Flash. Oh, the Flash. Like if I, I think he's. Um, did you ever see the TV series? No. Flash. Shit. Right, I think we're yeah. Getting I'm, into, I'm exhausted. We're I'm getting exhausted. into some really yeah. different territory. Yeah, depleted um, my resources. Well, that's that is the podcast. Yeah. More or less. We are. Don't go outside. Please. Yes, please do not go outside. Please don't go outside. It's dangerous. If you can, do not go outside to watch Suicide Squad because it's not worth it. <laughs> Stay indoors, you know. Listen get... to this video, uh, listen to this uh, podcast <laughs> on repeat. Keep this podcast uh, in your list of things to listen to. We will give you multiple reasons to not go outside. Play Darkest Dungeon. Maybe watch some Stranger Things. Potentially. No Man's Sky is coming out. Give Ghostbusters a go. Well, download it if you can. Yeah, well, we don't want you going outside. Actually, maybe this is a, our new way of rating films. Would you go outside to watch Ghostbusters? You know what? Would, but just. Oh, would you? I don't think I'd step foot outside the door to, to even, you know, pick up a Suicide Squad flyer. I probably wouldn't have gone outside to see Suicide Squad. Ah, it's not worth my time. I'm staying indoors from now on. And uh, everyone else, uh, don't go outside. It's dangerous. There's people out there. Here's to new beginnings.